Welcome to the RV Podcast. This is episode 469. And in episode 469 this week, we talk about RV mods that you can do. Hello, everybody. I'm Mike Wendland, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hello, my dear. Hello, my Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. We have had a whirlwind uh, trip uh, for the last several weeks, been on the road camping, had a great time, made an 11-hour drive in total violation of our 330 rule, uh, but we made it back in time. And, That's because uh, you didn't want to park the fifth wheel in the dark. I didn't want to. Well, I did park it in the dark, I as it turned out. And I did a great job. You did a wonderful job. Backing it onto its pad in the dark. But uh, anyway, we are back at our Michigan property for a while. And uh, it is, uh, it, it's been just a delight to have met so many of you on the road. Uh, today in the podcast, you are going to meet some of the people that we met as we visited them in their RVs during the past couple of weeks. Among other things, asking them to show us the favorite mod or modification they did. And we've, uh, we've got some great ones to share with you. I can't wait to see them. It will be really fun. I want to remind you that this is uh, a podcast that comes to you in many different forms. We are on all of the uh, podcast platforms, whatever app you use. You can also find us at rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts. And if you uh, would prefer a video version of the podcast, just go to our RV Lifestyle YouTube channel and you'll find it there. But um, been an awesome few weeks and it's reminded me again on how wonderful autumn camping is. We've had such a great time. Uh, this is the time to go. September, October, our favorite months to camp. And don't miss out. During the week, it's usually easier to find a spot. So take advantage. One thing we noticed on the way back, uh, there was a pretty steady stream of southbound RV traffic. And as we saw that, we knew that this is the first wave of the um, annual snowbird migration. Already people are leaving the northern states and heading down to uh, some of the southwest, Texas, uh, Florida, uh, Alabama, even the Mississippi coast. Uh, many of you spending uh, the, uh, the colder months down there, and we can't blame you. Uh, we're going to stay up here on and off through probably uh, the first of the year, and then we will make our trips down south and maybe out west as well. I know. I could not believe my parents. It seemed like every year they left a couple days earlier. <laughs> they got, I think they were south over six months. Yeah, yep. Uh, I guess the older you get, the more you like that uh, that uh, uh, warmer weather down south. But we like winter camping. Well, I think what people miss, like Michigan, where there's a lot of rain, they want sunshine. Yeah. And no, my dad did not want to drive in snow. Yeah. And a lot of RV snowbirds the same way. Uh, lots of talk on uh, social media, of course, as always, about the RV lifestyle. Our RV lifestyle group uh, pushing 240,000 subscribers. If you've not been a part of that, go over to rvlifestyle.com slash Facebook. Join our group. Uh, Wendy Boyer is our community manager over there and helps uh, keep track of what uh, everybody's talking about. And she files every week on the podcast, The Social Media buzz. Here's Wendy. Hi everybody. The first post I'd like to tell you about today was from Karen and Karen 
asked if anyone had named their RV, and if so, what did you name it? Well, so many people joined in this post and had a great time by the looks of it. Um, lots of fun to read. We had names like Big Bertha for a Keystone Cougar, Monty for a Montana Fifth Wheel, Joy as in Joy of the Road, and Winifred the Winnebago. Then there were names like Tootsie Roll, Daisy, May, Gladys, Cousin Eddie, Miles, Lance, Chugs, Lucy, it just went on and on. We're talking more than a thousand people joined in this conversation, having a great time, and many showing pictures of their rig too. Next, I'd like to tell you about John's post. Now we get a lot of people who find a hack that really helps them in their RV, and John was one of those sorts of posters. And what he posted about was this device that's made by Lippert, that's metal, that goes under the bottom stair to your rig. It kind of looks like an upside down V, and you attach it there, and he said what it does is it really stabilized the stairs for him so that there wasn't any shaking motion when people going in and out. So he shared his tip, shared a picture, and many other people were excited to see this idea, and many had one and took pictures of their little stabilizing device by Lippert as well. Um, so I wanted to share that with you because it seemed to help a lot of folks. And then finally, we had a post from Robin. Now we get posts like Robin's all pretty regularly because there are so many new people coming into the RV lifestyle all the time. Um, but what did Robin ask? She asked, do I have to use RV toilet paper in my RV? And the answer of course is no, you don't need to use that expensive RV toilet paper. Just make sure it's something maybe that septic safe, that dissolves easily that um, you know you don't have to worry about it clogging up and then use lots and lots of water. So I had to share that one with you too. And that's it for me this week. I'm Wendy Boyer and I'll see you over at the RV Lifestyle Facebook group. So I don't know about this toilet paper thing. I still think you use just the RV toilet paper. I do too and it's just not worth taking a chance. It clogs and up unless you empty it and you use a ton of lots and lots and lots of water that stuff does build up. And I gotta say I don't get the the one ply. I go for the two and if I could find the three I think I'd get the three but um, it's just not worth dealing with it but man I hope everybody doesn't start talking to us about this. Yeah well look septic safe that's yes. what you want the RV toilet paper to say septic safe. Uh, and uh, that means it's easily dissolvable, yes. as Wendy reported. All right, when we come back, we are going to meet a whole bunch of different RVers, tour their RVs, and learn about the RV mods they made that you can make. Stay with us. Have you had it with overbooked, overcrowded campgrounds? Then check out Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,400 wineries, farms, microbreweries, golf courses, and attractions. Harvest Host is a membership service for those with self-contained RVs looking for unique, beautiful, and peaceful overnight camping experiences across North America. When you become a member of Harvest Host, you can camp for free at all these places. Jennifer and I are Harvest Host members, and we've made so many great memories at Harvest Host locations. There's no charge for camping, and your Harvest Host membership fee is easily made up with just a couple of stays. Plus, you have awesome places to stay. If you use our special affiliate link of rvlifestyle.com slash HH, you'll automatically get 15% off the cost of your membership. That's 15% off, but you must use the special link, rvlifestyle.com slash HH.
Well, welcome back, everybody. Time now for the interview. Actually, this week will be the interviews of the week. And during our uh, past couple weeks of uh, camping, we've got a chance to visit with a lot of different RVers. And one of the things we like to do at least once a year is visit everybody's rigs and uh, have them show us uh, what kind of modifications or what little extras that they've put in. There is so much to be learned from each other. And we've got a bunch of them right now. So take a look. These are all RV mods you can do. Hi, I'm Tom McAllister. We have a Winnebago View 2016, and we made a modification to our view, uh, the air conditioning system, that most anybody can make to their air conditioning systems. It's actually made by a company called RV Airflow. And what we found was we had a 43% increase in airflow and we had about a three decibel decrease in the noise level, which was very advantageous for us watching TV and conversing here in the motorhome. And we should tell everybody that we are recording this directly underneath the air conditioner, which is on right now. Yes. Which is not bad. No, we are right underneath the air conditioner. Uh, what this device does is it streams, streamlines the air to flow better throughout the ducted air system that we have in our motor coach so we've got the grill up here right now and i'm just holding it up because i removed the screws so we could show you the interior and so if you take this down we'll find this piece of foam that has been preformed by the company who invented this item and so what it does is just it allows the air to flow more effectively through the ducted air system and uh, so they, I had this installed at their facility in Elkhart, Indiana, because I was happened to be driving through Elkhart. And uh, so uh, they did a great job on installation. Took about 30 minutes. Anybody could do this installation. I could have done it myself at home had I wanted to, but I just happened to be in Elkhart, and it was very convenient. And they will do this for pretty much any air conditioning system pretty much any uh dometic uh coleman box ge's and i think they're adding more and more as they get more information on the different uh, air conditioning systems one other thing that i learned while i was at the company was that if you take your airflow outlets and turn them on a 45 degree angle whether it's like this or like this or like this or like that you actually increase the amount of air flowing through your through your air conditioning system and through the air ducts. So if, if you think you're going to turn it at, at basically 90 degrees to the air duct, it's not as efficient as if you simply turn it 45 degrees. It's a great tip. And it really increased because they had a device that could measure airflow. So they demonstrated to me of setting it up there at 45 degrees, setting it up there at 90 degrees, and it uh, increased the airflow dramatically. It really did. So the, what's happening for us, uh, the air conditioning unit is quieter. Uh, the airflow has increased. Uh, it's keeping the coach cooler and we're able to cool it off at a shorter period of time than we would normally. So it's been a, it's, and I will say it's, it, you know, it's about a $170 item, uh, but we felt it was worth it uh, to increase the airflow, get the coach cooler faster, and uh, cut down on the uh, the sound level also. And again, the name of that company? Is RV Airflow in Elkhart, Indiana. 
Hi, I'm Stella Otto and my husband Francis and I are from Northwest Michigan up near Traverse City um, and these are, oh we're in our Thor Axis 2018 um, 26 foot model, we really enjoyed it. Well show us a couple of the mods, your favorite mods that you've done. You've okay. done a lot of little like extra things here. My absolute favorite, I'll start right there. This used to have a jackknife sofa here and a skinny dining table and I was never in love with the dining table and we really wanted a dinette because we'd had one in our pop-up and really liked it. It was good for family games and just sitting around conversation, lots more table space. So we'd been toying with the idea and I'd been kind of keeping my eyes open but we didn't want to spend the 1500 bucks a new one would take. So I just kept my eyes open and one day I happened to um, look onto something on the Thor forum where a fellow who had taken out his dinette to put in, I think, um, whatever chair, you know, the reclining chairs or whatever, he wanted the, the stuff out of his uh, garage and he was giving it away for free. And for the first time, we'd seen him out, you know, east, west, too far away to either go and get or ship. And he was in Flint, Michigan, only three hours away from us. So bingo, <laughs> we got in touch with him. So this is what you put in. You replaced yep. the jackknife sofa. We, we took the jackknife sofa out. And this is a table. Table. The tabletop came with it. Now when he gave it to us, it mounted, in his unit at least, there was a mount that mounted it to the wall but we didn't really want to risk because we didn't know exactly what was behind the wall so we did order these folding legs this pair of folding legs out of a rv supply place in elkhart and that also gives us the versatility that if we want to take it outside for some reason we can um and we got all the cushions the only thing francis had to build the the base support underneath it the boxes and we can take the we can take the whole it's pretty easy here we just pull that off and then that cushion yep oh well, look at that so you made then, extra yep. storage and look at that so yep. you've got lots of extra room. So we've got all and obviously of you francis has got some talent here <laughs> he's he's good with the wood yes yeah. <laughs> that's awesome now the other thing i wanted to show everybody is what you did with your television set you showed me this the other day okay and i thought this was really good you're not tv watchers we're not tv watchers. that's not why you can't to, to be honest it isn't even hooked up in all these years we've never used it once and the tv is actually right right there yep. here but what have you done this is so nice there's there's a little lip on the back here that holds it that just holds it over the tv and it wanted to kind of flip forward so we just ran a piece of picture wire that's you know hooked to on either side here just a little screw eye so that it doesn't come jumping off at us and these are postcards yes of the national parks yeah and have you visited all of these oh no no those are all most of them are still on our bucket list we've only visited a few we've been to cape lookout on this one we've been to the blue ridge parkway in some form but these um, are um these are really pretty slick things because they're uh, antique postcards. There's, really. there's a story behind Period. them. Yeah. yeah. Um, a ranger out west, and I don't remember which park he was at, when they were refurbishing a building, he found a whole drawer full of old um, WPA, the Public Works um, Association, after the 
or project after the depression and they were wanting to promote people to come to the national parks they also wanted to employ artists so that they had some employment so a bunch of these posters were made during the WPA and they, you know, what he had obviously were copies, but they were in this drawer and he said, you know, these should not be thrown away and lost. So he went and sought out the permission to use them because they're, of course, artistic works copyrighted. And he got that permission granted and he started a little side business called Ranger of the Lost Art. And he sells, I believe, posters. You can find them online, but also these sets of postcards. And we found them. I think I got them in Bandelier National Park when we were out in New Mexico. But it's called um, his. He is called uh, his business is called Ranger of the Lost Art. Yes. A R T. Yes. These are beautiful. Yeah. Okay, I'm Jack Partain, and this is my wife Pam. Hello. And, um, <laughs> my mod is very, very simple. Uh, and it, tell us what we're in. What what unit are we in? Winnebago Travado, uh, 2019. We love it. We've had it about four years, and it's uh, just one of the best things we've done in, in a long time is buy this Travado. Um, <clears throat> this mod is so simple, it's not even worth being, being filmed. Those obviously. are usually the best ones, yeah. though. But anyway, what we did is we put this uh, curtain rod here, and this curtain, uh, this is a uh, thermal uh, blackout curtain. And so it keeps uh, privacy, uh, keeps uh, everything in the coach private, and also uh, it keeps uh, uh, the cool in or the warm warm in, whichever. And uh, and it's just uh, so much easier to pull this curtain instead of having to put these uh, shades up, which is kind of a pain to have to put those uh, cardboard shades. Yeah, every up. night you have to yeah, do that. So yeah. So what we do is when we're traveling, and we uh, we just pull the curtain. And we have total privacy and, and so so where where did you guys uh, get the uh, get the curtain stuff? Uh, Amazon. Uh, it's just Amazon.com. Yeah. Uh, it's a. Uh, Talk about the, well, the magnets. These super strong magnets hold it back when yeah, we're traveling. When we travel, keep it from going anywhere. We just put the. Put oh, it, look at that! Yeah. Hold it back. Yeah. And it holds it so so it doesn't move, which it did when we were going around curves, but so. So we put these magnets on there, and, and it's uh, it's been one of the best mods that we've done because it's make it's so simple. It's just it, totally it makes everything more efficient. Yeah, very simple. Awesome. So Amazon, what do you look for when you want to buy that? So if I was going to go on Amazon, how do I find that stuff? What do I search this under? Blackout uh, blackout thermal curtain. Blackout uh, thermal curtain. Does it come with the connectors? Uh, no, that's separate. You have to get the uh, track, uh, which is. Um, uh, design, I believe, but it's also still, on Amazon. Yeah, also on Amazon. Okay, this isn't a mod, it's a tip. But have you ever been driving down the road and you look back and you see your paper towels have just unfurled all across your camper? Been there, done that. Yeah, who hasn't? So, quite by accident, we happened upon these. They're Viva Signature towels and they stick to themselves they're a little bit that. sticky yeah so that. that you put them on there pop them on there it will never unfurl it will never unroll itself we bought uh, a two-pack at dollar general quite by accident and that's all we buy now paper towels that to stick to each other mm -hmm. what a great tip viva signature there you go makes life easier hi i'm dennis dixon this is our 22 leisure unity rear twin bed and one of the things that i didn't have comfort with was not being able to see behind me going down the road all the time. So we installed a, a Boyo camera system, a seven inch monitor with four different cameras where we can see going down the road all the time. This is the screen I usually use. I can see out back, I can see on both sides if there's traffic and I can keep an eye on the tow to make sure everything's okay. 
I can flip through the screens and set different settings. This is a front camera, rear camera. Here we have a left and right side. Here we have uh, a rear camera and both sides. So you can see all the way around. Uh, it's just a different configuration of the rear and both sides. And you bring all four cameras up at one time. And do you, how do you normally drive down the road? What do you have it at? Watch the rear. I like to watch the toad. Yeah. It gives me a good, uh, good blindside field of vision on both sides. The cameras on the sides are located in the mirrors. The company found Mercedes covers and put the uh, cameras hidden inside the side of the mirror. So it's a professional, quick, good look install. And that's basically all there is to it. It gives us great peace of mind we're driving because I can, he can be driving and I'll look up at the camera. And I'll see the toad and you know follow behind us and I can also watch the cars coming up beside us on either side because it gives a good wide view in the back. Yeah. So yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't you wish they did all this stuff as standard? Oh yeah, it should, should have been standard. <laughs> yeah. I wish yeah. they did. Mm -hmm. it, it's a, my opinion is it's a safety issue. Yeah. You know, you want oh, to be yeah. as comfortable as you can driving down the road because we all know how crazy traffic gets. And just a couple other things, uh, uh, right off to your left there, that is the tire pressure monitoring system from the, TST. The latest model that they have. Yep. And you can program it to put your towed or trailer in. If you have a fifth wheel, it can be programmed in. And uh, it also has a uh, compass, and you have a resettable tripodometer, and it gives you altitude. And that's also hardwired in. That's, uh, no, this is actually remote. Oh, it is. And know. all my sensors are remote that. on all the wheels. And uh, to make sure that I have... Uh, an accurate uh, reading from the back, I have a little antenna wired into the back. So, so that, like a little repeater. Repeater. And, and they said I didn't need it, but I put it in and I found out the other day we did need it. And what about that mount? Does that come, is that the new mount well, with that's it? A mount that, uh, this mount uh, I got from uh, uh, ProMount online and it clips for on the uh, pillar here. And I can pull this on and off and adjust it however I'm driving so that my co-pilot can see it and I can see it. Yeah, I watch it too, yeah. And she helps me with it. And it's, uh, it works out really great. Again, peace of mind. And how long does the uh, the charge work on your monitor there? How long uh, is that? Two, three days. Really? At the most. So yeah. certainly for a trip, for most oh, of the trip. Yeah. And then you just charge it when you when you get somewhere. Yeah. Usually at night I'll take it down and plug it in in an hour or so. It's charged up, ready to go for the next day. Well, those are pretty cool mods. I'm so glad I got to see them because I was busy with an open house at our fifth wheel because we <laughs> had a time we could go through each other's uh rigs and uh while you were shooting this yeah you were actually showing our mods <laughs> right we will have to do a video on some of the our favorite mods and and uh, also uh, reported here in the podcast as well but uh thanks to all those rvers for being so gracious and making us feel so welcome all right when we're back the rv news of the week so stay with us when we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our rv it's an easy answer Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battleborn batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium.
Okay, now it's time for the RV News of the Week. And i got to tell you, this first story is from Grand Canyon National Park. Something is going on there that I never would have thought of doing, but young people never cease to amaze me. Couples are getting a padlock, carving their initials on it, taking the padlock and putting it on a metal fence, which I'd never do that because that could get kind of tacky with a whole bunch of padlocks all over, and then taking the key and tossing it into a body of water. Well, at Grand uh, Canyon National Park, there's a problem. Those shiny keys, they're very attractive to an endangered California condor, and many of those poor little birds are eating the key, swallowing the key. It gets stuck in them, and then they need surgery to get the key removed, and so it's further endangering them. And then this whole issue of the locks themselves, you know, that's pretty ugly. I just don't get it. <laughs> I haven't all those that's locks all over. I guess it's kind of the updated today's version of, they, don't, they know they don't want to carve on a tree, and they've been told they can't stack their rocks up forever. <laughs> now they can't so now they're doing padlocks. the padlock. Oh, and then there's also that other one where you take an old pair of tennis shoes and throw it on a tree. Don't give them oh, any more ideas. Well, I've seen that too. So, uh, so we've got hundreds of locks that are littering fences across the country, and then they have to you have to hire somebody to go out there and cut those locks off, and you have to dispose of those locks. But the a real problem. There's the eyesore of the locks, but the real problem is all these poor birds that are eating these keys. And the keys are kind of, sh well, I guess they would get covered over with dirt and moss, but we don't need those birds eating keys and then having to have surgery. I'm telling you, that's the stupidest story I've ever heard. I don't understand why people would do that, but nobody ever accused me of being a romantic, I guess. I guess you're not a romantic. We never carved our name on a no, fence, uh, that hurts the trees. Right. <laughs> well, the fence, I suppose, is okay. All right, uh, serious story, and it's kind of a mystery as we report this. Now, hopefully, the, uh, by the time you hear it, there'll be a happy ending to it. But police, uh, at this point, as we record it this week, are asking the public's help in trying to find a 32-year-old San Diego woman who was last known to be car camping in northern Arizona, and she was accompanied by her pet, which is... A bearded dragon. Hmm. How's that working out for, I wonder? Uh, anyway, the woman is missing. Her name is Chelsea Grimm, and she was on her way to Connecticut driving from California uh, for a wedding and to visit her parents. And shortly after her trip, she called her parents, and she said she was going to be a few days late and instead thought that she would do some car camping in Arizona. Uh, shortly after that, the car was found. It had two flat tires. It was northeast of uh, Ash Fork in the Kaibab National Forest. And police said that she's missing, uh, along with the lizard, uh, her clothes, wallet, phone, and credit card. Uh, so that's been a couple of weeks since she's been missing as we report this. Uh, and uh, we'll put a link to the story about this, which also has ways you can contact authorities if you can help in that. But let's, uh, let's hope for a happy ending. But at this point, they're still looking for her. Uh, we also we still on a point. We have a link too that uh, there's so many solo female campers out there that in the show notes for this episode at rvlifestyle.com/podcast, we'll put a link to a story we did uh, on women campers who sort of share their tips on how to be safe and secure out there. I believe it's an interview that you did with a bunch of women solo campers, and we'll put a link to that, and you can find that at uh, rvlifestyle.com/podcasts. 
Now, I'm sure you remember that story about the nine-year-old little girl who was kidnapped while she was riding her bike in a New York uh, State Park, Lake State Park. Uh, and a happy ending to that. She yes, was a happy found ending. and she was recovered and she's she's okay. Yes. They, and they caught the crazy person who kidnapped her. So that's all good. That's all good. But now we have a New York legislator. He's introducing a bill to require, to require security cameras at all state park entrances and exits after this girl was uh, kidnapped in New York. So, you know, she was camping with her family about two weeks ago, and, you know, we consider where we camp. I mean, kids are riding their bikes all over, playing all over the place. I mean, you just don't, that just doesn't happen. So what's the idea of the security cameras? So the security cameras would record the manufacturer, the model, and the plate number of any vehicle entering or exiting a state park and campground. And uh, those cameras would have helped law enforcement and this recent kidnapping of this little nine-year-old girl. And, uh, you know, a sad story. She was just riding her bike around, and she got kidnapped. Yeah. And uh-huh. how the kidnapper got caught, he was leaving a, a ransom note, and the police were able to um, track him down because of fingerprints, and they rescued her. Yeah. But we'll keep you posted on what develops from this. I would imagine other state parks and other camping facilities around the country watch stories like this, and they will try and figure out a ways they can minimize any of the the problems. So good, uh, good idea. I mean, who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? Death Valley, it's back open again. At least uh, most of the roads are partially uh, open. Uh, this was the longest closure in Death Valley's history. It happened because uh, of a storm that hit in August. Um, Death Valley, as you know, in the middle, the lowest place in the continental U.S., I think it is, uh, they got two inches of rain in a single day, and it literally washed out roads and trails, massive flooding, lots of damage. I mean, normally, Death Valley gets two inches every year. They got it in that day. Um, Not all of the roads are fully repaired, uh, but visitors should expect uh, most of them to be open, and there might be some gravel in spots uh, and maybe some delays as you go through. But uh, Death Valley is reopened, uh, first time since August. All right, when we come back, your RV question of the week. Stay with us. Are you ready to embark on an unforgettable adventure in your RV? Our RV Lifestyle Travel Guide eBooks are your ultimate companions for exploring North America's most breathtaking destinations. They'll help you hit the road with confidence and make the most out of your RVing experience. We're Mike and Jennifer Wendland, and we are passionate explorers and the authors of an entire library of RV Travel Guide eBooks. We have meticulously put together detailed travel maps showing you the best routes, where to stay, what hidden gems to discover along the way. From the majestic Yellowstone National Park to the vibrant colors of Colorado, the awe-inspiring beauty of Utah, the enchanting deserts of Arizona, the tranquil Great Lakes region, the pristine wilderness of the Adirondacks, We've even done a captivating three-part guide to RV travel and camping in Florida. No matter where your wanderlust takes you, we've got you covered. Our curated list of must-see attractions ensures that you won't miss out on any unforgettable experiences. You want to witness the eruption of Old Faithful? We've got you covered. Craving an epic road trip through breathtaking landscapes? We've got the perfect route for you. Dreaming of beachside camping under the stars? 
we know the best spots. With our eBooks available for instant download at rvlifestyle.com books, you can have the knowledge you need right at your fingertips. Head over to rvlifestyle.com books and start exploring the wonders of North America today. Unforgettable adventures are waiting. Time now for the RV question of the week. And I want to tell you, we love getting your comments. We love getting your questions. And the best way is to send us an email. You can do it. You can do a video version of it, or you can do an audio version, however you want. Or just type it up and send it to us at Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Okay, now for our first question. We have heard so many ideas on how we should insulate for the winter. We have our RV in Tennessee. I was uh, hopeful since you are in Tennessee, you would have some really good insight in how we can leave our camper non-winterized so we can pop in and out over the winter months. We are also thinking of renting it out during the winter, and this was from Sheila. Well, I can't help you on renting it out. I don't know if there's much of a demand for that, but maybe. Uh, I would probably urge you to think that through a little bit. Now, you are, I think you said you're in La Follette, uh, Tennessee, and while it is generally uh, considered down south, it does regularly get cold there, and snow sometimes happens. Certainly, it gets below freezing. So, um, in terms of winterizing your RV, and if it's something you know you want to pop in and out and use it during the year, uh, I'd ask you first of all. I, I don't know enough about what kind of an RV it is, how old it is. Many of the newer RVs over the last couple, three years have the pipes run um, in an area that's enclosed and has the heat from the RV when the heater's on ducted down to keep the pipes from freezing. That's a big plus. Many of them also have heated freshwater, black water, gray water tanks. That's an even bigger plus. If that's your case, then here's my suggestion. Don't put antifreeze in, since you're going to be using this a lot. Antifreeze is the typical way most people winterize their RVs. But the downside of that is antifreeze is kind of stinky. It's kind mm -hmm. of messy. It has, it has a definite smell. And you've got to get it out of your plumbing system because your water's going to taste yucky. And usually that involves a couple, three fills of the fresh water system, running a lot of water, and then you got to empty the gray water. You don't want to do that every time you come in and use your RV during the winter. Uh, the way we winterize our RVs now is we use, uh, we blow air through the pipes. We empty all of the tanks. We uh, get as much of the water out of the system as we can. And then we use uh, compressed air to go through the plugs, go through the pipes. You need something called a blowout plug, which fastens where you put in your city water. And then you put some air in it. Um, generally, uh, the danger in that is you push too much compressed air. Keep it 30 to 40 at the most pounds per square inch. To any more than that, you run the risk of damaging those little plastic pipes. But uh, you, get all, you blow all that air out, nothing's going to freeze. And then you can come in and you can use your RV. You can get some water and put it in the freshwater tank. If it's going to be below freezing, use the water from that rather than the spigot because most of the time, if it's below freezing, the hose between the spigot and the RV connection will freeze. So uh, don't use that hose. Uh, disconnect it. 
and uh, pull it out with the hot with your water pump out of your freshwater tank. And that way you can kind of go in and out and use your RV during the year, making sure, of course, the heater's on when you're using it because you want that heat to be ducted down to where those pipes are. Now, if you have an old RV and your pipes are outside exposed in the water, uh, you can still blow it all out like that, but don't put water in it because uh, it will just be a mess. And if it's really cold and the, the, it, even with your inside heated, those pipes can still freeze on an older RV. Um, but by all means, I want to encourage you to use your camper and camp during the winter. We love winter camping. We got. We have a book coming out. We'll have a book in just a couple of weeks, uh, uh, a guide to winter camping. If you ever been thinking about it, so stick around. We'll have lots of stories about it and one of our downloadable eBooks on winter camping. I'm sure a lot of people would like some advice because they want to camp in the winter and they're just a little apprehensive. Yep. All right. Gosh, it's getting time to winterize again, isn't it? I know. We'll be talking a lot about that over the next uh, month or so on the blog. So if you've never winterized, don't worry. It sounds much more complicated than it is. But if you live in a cold state, that's something you're going to have to do. What's our best tip for winterizing? Go to Arizona or Florida. Or someplace warm. <laughs> Where it's warm and then you don't have to winterize your RV. Hey, uh, send us your questions, your comments. We'd love to get them. Our email again is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. Happy trails.